All right. Well, I'm going to, uh, I, I, I have a little treat for us this morning that I'm going to share before service. So first I'm going to, uh, I'm going to mute y'all and then I'm going to uh, share my screen with you. Hopefully this all goes without a hitch. And then we'll go ahead and go into our children's message and the message for the day. Thank you to uh, Godfrey's for putting that together. Joe, your uh, uh, initial entrance into video editing, good job. And uh, who knows, 
we uh we just might see some more of that kind of thing anyway thank you thank you thank you sounded wonderful i hope it uh, came across everybody's screen good and uh we'll uh keep the cards and letters coming anyway moving on to children's message this morning for haley and the the Mets kids and whoever else is uh, here this morning. Um, Isaiah, there's a verse in the Bible, Isaiah chapter 11, and it says this, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. Now that's kind of weird kind of sounding, but what it really means is, is that Jesse, this person is going to have a descendant like a grandchild or a great grandchild or a great great grandchild and the spirit of the lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding it says this he shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. Now, what does all that mean? Okay, let me tell you what all that means. It means that Jesus, who was the descendant of Jesse, uh, was going to come and he would not judge things by what his eyes saw or but by what his ears heard. Because you and I can hear a lot of things, especially about other people, right? Uh, I remember years and years and years and years and years ago, my older brother was going into sixth grade. That's how long ago this was. He was going into sixth grade and he heard that this one sixth grade teacher was just a horrible teacher. She was really bad and, and oh boy, he shouldn't get that teacher. Well, he got his, his thing at the end of the year and named who his sixth grade teacher was and it was her. And he said, no, 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 mom, you got to you gotta get me out of this class. You got to get me in the other class because I don't want to be with this teacher. She's a horrible teacher. And my mother, wise as she was, she said, hey, don't just listen to what everybody else says. You need to judge a person by your relationship with them and not by what other people say. And it turned out that this teacher ended up as my brother's favorite teacher. He and her got along together really great and uh, just totally changed the whole situation. So sometimes people, like I said, can, can come to us and say, oh no, you don't like that, you shouldn't like that person, and you know this and that. We hear it on the news, we hear it from our friends, we hear it from other people, everybody's got their opinion about a, a, a person, but we shouldn't judge by what our ears hear, and we shouldn't judge by what our eyes see. There's a lot of things going on in the news, uh, people judging people by, the color of their skin or, or, or different things about them. And we shouldn't do that. Uh, just, just lump everybody in together like that. There's an old saying that says, don't judge a book by its cover, right? So here is, a book. 
There, I have to move it like that. There it is. A book about gardening. Now, wouldn't you like to have that book? Isn't that a, just a wonderful book? Well, maybe you like gardening. And uh, but that's the cover. But if I open it up, oh, comic book. Okay, everybody likes comic. Can't even see this thing. All right. Well, anyway, it's a comic book, and so the cover doesn't necessarily match what's on the inside. And just because a person looks a certain way, they're they're real tall or real short or real wide or real skinny or they got glasses or they got this or that or the other thing, we can't judge a book by its cover, by what our eyes see, because that person could be just the best friend that we ever wanted to have. So let's decide not to judge just by what we see or by what we hear. But when we get, but take the time to get to know somebody for ourselves, and that'll work out better for us. Okay? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to realize that there's a lot of people in the world, and just the way that not everybody knows us and who the real us is on the inside, help us to think about other people, and to get to know them for ourselves. Uh, take the time and not to just go with what everybody else says. Thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Well, turning on to John chapter 4, the message this morning, so go ahead and Turn to John chapter four. While you're turning this morning, about uh, two years ago, the Associated Press uh, carried this story from Dixon, Illinois. It says authorities have hailed a northern Illinois man, a hero, after he jumped through the open window of a moving car to save the driver who was having a seizure. Randy Tompkins of Dixon was driving his truck Friday afternoon when he spotted a car driving in the wrong lane, heading right at him. He jumped from his truck and through the passenger window of the slowly moving car. He put two fingers into the convulsing driver's mouth to prevent him from swallowing his tongue. Wow, can you imagine? Here's this car in the wrong lane coming at you and, and he apparently he knew what to do right he was right at the right place at the right time uh saw that this person was in trouble jumped through the open window and all, all this i'm sure just happened in a matter of of minutes but saved this man's life saved uh who, who knows countless other people pedestrians uh, uh he could have crashed into a restaurant full of people whatever uh could have happened but there he was uh, in the middle of that opportunity. Uh, Randy Tompkins did not wake up in the morning saying, I think I'll be a hero today. Uh, he did not wake up in the morning with any clue what was going on, but there was the opportunity. As we look at uh, John chapter four, uh, two weeks ago when we were here, we started to look at Jesus's interaction with a person who has become known as the woman 
at the well. So Jesus is on his way from Jerusalem to Galilee, and the shortest distance between the two is right through Samaria. So really, Jesus is just passing through, like Randy Tompkins. He's just, he's heading somewhere, right? He's, he's going down the road, him and his disciples. And yet something is going to happen in Samaria that's going to affect a whole town. It's going to change a number of lives for all eternity. And it's literally going to go down in history through the pages of the Bible. How many millions of people have read about this story uh, through the Bible while Jesus was just passing through? You and I like to term these God moments, don't we? Uh, divine appointments. When we find ourselves in a situation that we didn't plan, uh, but we come to realize that God did, right? He had something awesome that he wanted to do, and he let us be a part of it. He somehow, in his sovereignty overall, he had us in the right place at the right time to be able to minister to someone I, I, I go back again to uh, uh, Skip sitting in the waiting room, and here's this person, you know, just weeping. He could see that they were in, in need, um, the right place at the right time to be able to minister God's grace to someone. So Jesus is here, and as we, as we saw before, he uses the occasion of the well to talk about God's offer of living water. And then to authenticate who he is, he basically quotes this woman's diary to her. And so she's blown away, right? So she left her water jar, verse 28, and went away into the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of the town and were coming to him. And many from the town, down to verse 30, believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. Obviously, there's a little more uh, conversation going on in the background here. Uh, people were familiar, maybe, with parts of her story. And she's talking about the fact that uh, uh, this man, he, he's there, he's a perfect stranger, and he's literally read my diary to me and recounts you know, some things. So there, there's, there's more discussion going in the background, but it's enough where people want, wow, this really must, you know, this really must be somebody. So they believed in him because of that. And then verse 40, so when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Wow. Here is a woman's life absolutely transformed. We had talked about her. She was the one. She had uh, had, had five husbands, as Jesus knew. The one that she was living with now was not her husband. Okay, She had a, a, a not a great reputation even in her home hometown. That's why she is uh, uh, out to draw water by herself instead of part of the woman's uh, water drawing circle that meets every Tuesday morning or whatever it was, right, for, for fellowship. Um, she's out there by herself. She's, she's an outcast, and uh, 
Now she is, she is transformed. And the town is transformed. And what really makes this whole thing even more over the top is that none of this should ever have happened. This, we talked about before, this was Samaria. This was a place that normally would have been avoided. A people that normally would have been avoided. We talked about how the Samaritans were a people of mixed race and mixed religions, and so the Jews wanted nothing to do with them. They shouldn't have been there. They should have gone around Samaria, right? So this whole encounter never should have taken place. Um, just as a side note, are we seeing this up close and personal today? This kind of uh, mass judgment, uh, if you will. On the one hand, you have uh, a, a bad cop, right? Or, or four of them in this situation. And thus, to some now, all cops are bad. And all cops are racist. And all cops are improperly trained, right? We, we lump everybody in together. On the other hand, you have people that are within the protests that are going on, who are looting, who are destroying property. And you hear things like, well, they're only hurting their own cause. Well, who's they, right? It's not everybody, but the whole crowd gets defined by the actions of a few. I'm sorry to say I've made that mistake. I have lumped a whole group of people together um, by the actions of a few. Um, years ago, with, with some of these people, I've made this same statement. Why are they doing this? Well, it's not them. There are people there that are sincere. There are people there that are peaceful. They want nothing to do with this stuff. And yet, we can lump them all in together. Just like the Jews lumped all the Samaritans in together, they were all worthless. They, they, they weren't worth the time of day. They were all heathens, uh, not worth our time and trouble. Stay away from Samaritans. Is that fair? Is that right? Um, let me ask you this. What does the word Christian mean in our society today? To many people, here's what it means. It means narrow-minded, bigoted, holier-than-thou, pushy moralists who hate everyone that doesn't believe like they do. Right? How does that feel? How does that feel to be prejudged by the actions of a few? Doesn't feel too good. So, we need to obviously see the fault in that. We obviously need to take people like Jesus did as individuals, not lumping people together by, by this affiliation, by that affiliation. We need to take people as individuals. I think Jesus had the right idea. He would go through Samaria. And even though uh, to him, maybe, I don't know at what point Jesus really knew what was going on, but he may have, at the beginning of the journey, thought that he was just passing through, but the father had a very specific 
plan. The Father sent him to this particular person. Not only were they were a Samaritan, but she was a woman. Um, apparently, according to the teaching of the rabbis at the time, according to my research, it was improper for a Jewish man to talk to a woman out in public. It was deemed improper. It was deemed uh, against Jewish piety to, to do that. Um, but just because it was a social norm, did that make it right? Of course not. So had Jesus followed um, the, the thought of the day, he never would have been in Samaria. And he certainly wouldn't have been talking to this particular woman. He would have discounted this situation before it ever started. And this person, number three, was an obvious heathen. At some point, the Holy Spirit re revealed to Jesus what her past was, right? Uh, been married five times in the, in the whole bit. Um, but again, had Jesus been the average Jew, number one, he wouldn't have set foot in Samaria. Number two, he wouldn't have talked to a woman. And number three, he wouldn't have thought to share spiritual things like living water with an obvious heathen. So here's, here's, here's what I'm saying this morning. I wonder how many missed opportunities that we have for building friendships, for networking, for sharing our faith, for um, just all kinds of um, wonderful interactions with people that we could miss because we've prejudged a situation or we've prejudged a person. As we've already seen, Jesus here looks beyond race. He doesn't see a Samaritan. He sees a person. He looks beyond gender. He doesn't see a woman. He sees a person. He looks beyond uh, their uh, her religious um, background and 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 her non-understanding. He even looks beyond her past. He's looking beyond, uh, if you will, her tattoos and her piercings. He's looking beyond her age. He's looking beyond everything. He's not prejudging. He is valuing a, uh, another human being, reaching out to her with the love and grace of God. And after quoting her diary to her, she is so excited, verse 28, she leaves her water jar, she goes into the town and says to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Can this be the Christ? Suddenly, here is this woman of bad reputation who now becomes the town evangelist. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? From, from, from a nobody to a somebody, from, from a heathen, if you will, to somebody instrumental in bringing the gospel to the whole town of Sychar in Samaria. It's just, who would have thought? Nobody would have thought because it never should have happened. Can I say, not only don't just write anybody off because of this, that, or the other thing, but don't dare write yourself off either. 
just because your past might be riddled with mistakes and problems and things that you're still working through. Just because you have your own imperfections, don't think that you can't have some of these God moments. Don't think that God can't use you to do something incredibly amazing. This woman, one day to the next, from a nobody to a new name written down in glory, someone who who will stand before Jesus someday with all these people, not only that, that she brought to Jesus, but the people that they would then bring to Jesus and they would bring to Jesus. All of those would be the product of her and what she did that day. Um, incredible, incredible, incredible. What rewards in heaven? Uh, you've heard that song, thank you for giving to the Lord. I, I was a life that was changed. You know, one by one they came, far as the eye could see. Um, somehow touched by your generosity. You never know what happens, uh, what we can be involved in, incredible things, just by being open. Uh, there was a song years ago about an old violin up for auction that was all dusty and it looked worthless. And as they began the auction, he's, he's getting a dollar, two dollars, three dollars for this violin. And then suddenly this old man comes up from the crowd and he dusts off the violin and he plays this melody that is absolutely so beautiful that all of a sudden now the auction goes up to a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars. Am I frozen? My picture looks frozen. Am I frozen? I don't know why. You can still hear me though, right? Okay. Well, it's not a bad picture, so we'll just keep rolling with it. Um, and as the song goes, the people cried out, what made the change? We don't understand. And the auctioneer stopped, and he said with a smile, it was the touch of the master's hand. Touch of the master's hand. Don't ever discount the touch of the master's hand. What God can do in and through your life, what God can do in a split second moment of time while you're just going from one place to another. You see a car, you know, somebody needs help, um, whatever the situation is. Look also what the, uh, what the woman says in verse 29. She says, come and see this man. Come and see this man. Why do we sometimes make it so complicated to share our faith? All we're trying to do, really, is to get people to see him. That's it. We're just pointing other people to him. It's his responsibility to touch their hearts, to open their hearts, to, to give them eternal life. That, all we're doing is pointing. Come and see this man, right? In other words, she follows up with, see a man who told me all that I ever did. In other words, what she's saying is, this is what Jesus has done in my life. This is how he made himself real to me. This woman is no Bible scholar, right? Far from it. She's not debating anything. She's not arguing with anyone. She's not telling anyone how bad a sinner they are. No, 
she's she's not coming at this from any place of of superiority or anything else. She is simply a sinner who has found the grace of God, who has had an encounter with Jesus, and in her own excitement wants to share that with others. This is what Jesus has done in my life. Simple as that. Or as the other the other man uh, said in uh, later on in John, all I know is I was blind and now I see. Right? Something as simple as that. And I like what she says next. She says, can this be the Christ? Got to remember here, even though they had kind of a mixture of religions, part of that religion was Judaism. And these Samaritans, too, like the Jews, they were looking for Messiah to come. Can this be the Christ? In other words, what she's saying here is, is this what we've been looking for all of our lives? You see how she, I mean, she's no trained evangelist, right? But you notice how she finds common ground and draws people into a, not a me and you thing, but an us thing. Is this what we've been looking for? Could this be the one? Um, hey, listen, I have found value. I have found acceptance. I have found love. I have found peace. I have found a joy in my life that I didn't have before. I have found a, a new rest in the midst of the struggles of life. I, I, I found someone who gives me peace. Um, you're going through a tough situation. We're talking about it. I've been, I've been there. This is what Jesus did in my life. This is how God met me in this situation. This is when I was there. Well, I'll tell you, my church family just, just hopped on the bandwagon. They came out of nowhere, and I got food, and I got cards, and people called me up, and, and, and all this kind of thing. All we're doing is saying, look what Jesus has done for me. And we're pointing people to him. And they believed, right? She's, she's coming at them from shared experience, from common ground, and they believe. Come and see. And they did. And even more believed because then they encountered Jesus for themselves. And all of this happened. The woman was transformed. The town was transformed. Countless lives into the kingdom of God, changed for all of eternity. Why? Because Jesus didn't discount things by the seeing of the eye, the hearing of the ear, right? He didn't just say, nah, don't waste your time going through Samaria. No, don't waste your time talking to this woman. No, right? He was open to the leading of the Father even when it made no sense on so many levels. Instead of prejudging a situation or a person, Jesus knew something that, that when I say it, everybody's going to shake their heads. I get it. God works outside the box. You know, God works outside of our box. People love to use the unbiblical phrase, God works in mysterious ways. That's not in the Bible. But it's experience, right? He does work in ways that we just don't understand. His, his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. And uh, he works outside the box. So let's not draw a box around God. 
but um, let's be open to his leading. Let's not discount a situation. Let's not discount any person, but be open to these divine appointments. Be open to God moments because they can come at any moment, can't they? Jesus knew that everywhere he went, there was a potential opportunity, and he kept his ear open to what the Father was saying to him. Whether we go to the store, whether we, you know, finally can go in and get our hair done, whether we can, you know, uh, see family and, and relatives that we haven't seen, whether whatever the situation is, there can be opportunities. And even it's kind of like this COVID thing. You know, you and I might think, well, because of this, we can't really do much. You know, it's not like we can invite somebody to church. No, but think outside the box. We can invite somebody to a Zoom meeting. Hey, why don't you, why don't you check it out on Zoom? Here's the numbers. Check, check us out on Zoom some morning. You don't even have to have your camera open. Nobody has to look at you. Um, just see, you know, what, what our, our church uh, is, is all about, what, what our pastor preaches and, and stuff like that. Um, invite somebody to check out the website. Uh, hey, look at the website, read some of the blogs, listen to some of the messages. You might just find something that, uh, that can be a help to you. Um, we just don't ever want to close our eyes to any number of opportunities where God might want to show up and do something awesome. Can happen at any moment, any phone call, any whatever. Um, it's, it's, it's not in the notes, but, but in here, Jesus, the, the disciples come back and uh, they, they say, Jesus, have something to eat. We just got something to eat. And he says, you know, my food is to do the will of my father. I have food to, to eat that you don't know of. I, I do in the will of my father. It just might be that somebody calls just as we're about to have lunch right? But there is a window of opportunity. That's another time where you and I need to understand that, that don't, don't discount the fact that we've got our schedule and we're going through our routine because I can tell you through the years of ministry, countless times I was headed in one direction and then another opportunity opened up. And I had to make a choice between the two. And I'm glad I did because there was some serious ministry that was able to go on because my life got interrupted, so to speak. And uh, so, uh, you know, disc again, discounting things. Well, I can't do that because it's lunchtime. Or I can't do that because it's bridge night. Or I can't do that because... But it might be just then that doors open, windows of opportunity open. And I don't know where uh, in the whole scheme of the gospel, finally God got your attention. Finally, things clicked with you. But it was a moment in time, wasn't it? There was a time when, it, when things fell into place and it made sense. And it's like, yes, I am putting my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Those windows open and close and they can be tight, right? 
So again, it's just this whole matter of not prejudging a situation, but always having our eyes and ears open to God moments that God might want to do something absolutely phenomenal uh, in us, through us, that could affect countless lives. And it could be right around the corner. Could be later today, right? So, I think I'll leave it there. Fields, Jesus said, are white with harvest. There are people that God has been working behind the scenes that we would never expect. They might be mean and nasty and all this kind of thing, but God's been working on them for weeks. And all of a sudden, there we are at a, at a divine crossroads at just the right time and can, can share that thing with them that, that turns the tide. You just never, ever, ever know. Opportunities abound. The fields are white with harvest. God's on the move. He is working in the lives of people and we want to work with him. Amen? Amen. Sorry about the video. Not sure uh, what happened, but I didn't want to uh, uh, get out and restart and uh, stop the flow of things here. But, uh, well, let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you that you are a God of opportunities. And we thank you, Lord, that they can spring up at any time. God, help us to have our ears open to you. Help us to see with spiritual eyes, to hear with spiritual ears, and be ready, Lord, when the time comes, to be able to touch another life for you. Help us, Lord, to never discount anyone, but take people individually, people that you died on the cross for, people Lord, human beings that you value. And let us value and love them with your love. We thank you for it, Lord. Continue, Lord, to move and work in our lives. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Be glorified in us and through us, we pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen.